Let's Talk Ground Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hey, good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other streaming uh, platforms. Uh, happy Thursday, Julia. Happy Thursday, Quentin. I'm How all right. are you today? <laughs> I'm all right. How's everything? Everything is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Happy is Thursday. Happy and we, New Year. And we are week eight. Week eight, question number seven. Um, how do you know it's time to commit to a woman? Um, I found the answers rather um, interesting, so to say. I mean, it was kind of this. This was the question where I think our illustrious uh, ten brothers were kind of evasive. I believe so too. I uh, believe so too. <laughs> I, I pray. I praise them for their uh, their truthfulness and transparency. And um, I like I told you, I I don't read the book straight through. I go question to question, sort of like we're doing a show, and then I go over it again two or three times. So uh, I thought this question was kind of the evasive one. Um, most said it was easy, but when you look at what we would consider commitment, commitment uh, shouldn't be easy. Um, some things should be talked about prior to, um, the commitment. One, one gentleman, I noticed he has said something about when the female initiates it. And this is like what I would consider, um, today, maybe not in the past today, something bad because mm. she, she shouldn't have to be the one to decide whether it's time to commit It's to be something done collectively. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I know I know you told me uh, you was fired up for this one because you know <laughs> you're doing these interviews. You it allows you to either go back, go over your notes, go back into the book, and really like reassess like um, the everything. The whole picture gets painted in your head of when you ask these questions. Yes. Um, good evening, Nicole. Good evening, Hi, Nicole. Nicole. Appreciate you, Nicole. I know that you purchased the book. You shared it. Um, yes. we, we hope that you like the book, Nicole. Um, Thank you. It, it, it is very, very uh, interesting book. Um, definitely give Julia some of your thoughts on the book, Nicole, as well as myself. We'd Please. like to know how you feel about um, the book so far. 
Absolutely. So you was fired up, huh, Jules? Absolutely, Quentin. I'm, I was fired up. And I what I appreciate about our show is that usually we are right in alignment with what is actually happening in the world. And um, earlier this week, I had an opportunity to see, I had the opportunity to, good evening, Joelle. <laughs> I had the opportunity to see the interview between Kevin Samuels and a young lady that had called into his show who wanted to know how she could attract the type of man that she was looking for. And the type of man that she was looking for, all that I heard was someone who made $100,000 or more. Like in terms of compatibility, that's what she was looking for. And she talked about how when she dated down, and I don't know what that means, but when she dated down, she found that the men were interested in helping her with her business and that they may not have been established, but she was looking to do the same. That's the value she said she she bought was to, you know, help someone else with their business as well. Being that she is an entrepreneur and makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you know, what he said to her was that the men who are making the money that she's looking for wouldn't be interested in her because of the way that she looked and because of her situation, being a single mother with a young son. And I thought that he kind of promoted the stereotype about how men choose to be in relationship with women and basically it being about looks. Uh, and what we see as we're reading um, tonight's uh, answers from the gentleman on question number seven is none of them really mention looks. Mm. They mentioned some really deep intrinsic qualities. And the other thing I found interesting was that none of them really talked about money in a sense, um, which is what she was talking about. And I think that she just needed to be redirected in what she and what she's looking for. Less than her expectation. That's what down means. So, and that's the other problem. Like her, her expectation was all around this one economic status. But as we look at the gentleman's answers, we realize that there's so much more to relationships and love. What she was talking about, as far as I'm concerned, is matchmaking. She wasn't talking about love because those things really don't play into it. Mm -hmm. So. I was fired up about that. And like I had mentioned to you before the show, I, I was really unbothered by him saying to her that she was going to die alone because she was average looking at best. And because she had, you know, she was a single mother with a, with a child. As I shared with you before, there is not one of us who hasn't achieved what we wanted by lowering our expectations. I, I think that her expectation should remain the same, but she should be clearer on what love and relationship actually is. Yeah, you you shared that with me um, a couple of days ago, and I really thought that um, his response was perceived to be very harsh. Mm -hmm. um, and it's amazing how sometimes we could perceive it to be harsh, or like I may perceive that to be uh, straight to the truth. Or a lot of times, and I and I listen to a lot of stuff the brother says, and it's interesting 
um, what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. Um, I never try to uh, tell someone, definitely at our age now, to lower their expectations. But it's it's amazing to me um, when I look at people when they talk about relationships. They always talk about their expectations um, in the mate that they're looking for, but they never talk about the expectations that they bring to the table. Um, they never share like, this is what I'm bringing to the table. So I I need somebody that's gonna match me, or or match my energy, or match my drive, match my focus. Um, match if I think I look good. I want them to look good too. Um, exactly. You know, uh, you could be a type of, like a female could be a type of female that she's, as we would say, well-groomed, always going to the salon, always getting her nails done. She may want her man to be have a manicure, okay, uh, get, a, get a pedicure every now and then. Right. Uh, be be well-groomed. It's mm -hmm. always, unfortunately in our culture now, it's always more of a financial capable uh, compatibility instead of all the other things like both of you guys could um be making a certain amount of money but this one could be super domesticated love to cook love to do this and then this one because of the, them chasing that quote unquote dream not know how to cook always want to take their clothes all their clothes to go to the cleaners instead of some you got some people that just love to iron their clothes love to press their clothes put their clothes out at night and lay their clothes out. And you, yes. know, so you know what I like what I'm wearing. If I look good, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I'm a performer. Good. <laughs> it, it, and, and, and it's crazy because like you said, we're at a point in the book where you ask that question um, about when guys know they already commit. And it's like, no one said financial, no one said looks, um, you know, and I think that, one brother, he got into it when you know, he said the conversation is just right. He said it's just clicks. It's a vibe it's that a you vibe. know, like, you, that you're ready to move forward with this person. Um, and then another another brother, and I can't remember exactly who said it, explained how you need to, you need to get some things out first. You need to find out the little things about, uh, I like to sleep on the right side of the bed, or I like yeah. to sleep on the left side of the bed. And, and usually what happens in our society is that we, um, this is why the, the divorce rates are so high up with marriages, because some of us are not compatible. And I mean, we haven't had the conversations to know that. Exactly. Those conversations just be like surface, surface conversations in the beginning. Um, surface so conversations in the beginning. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I see that my, my brother, um, Kevin, he said, "Let's table this. Let's table this question." And then you never got back to him. He he kind of avoided it. And I know that he spoke about some things in the back of the book, um, in in the back of his chapter that was interesting. But he he never he never fully he never fully got into the rest of the question. He he you know he avoided you. You let him get away. He totally, he totally got away from that question and I didn't press him um, because I think I had interviewed maybe um, five or six gentlemen before him. Mm -hmm. 
And I realized that in some in some cases, it did appear to be a difficult question for the gentleman to answer. And it does appear that some of them um, were evasive in their responses, even though they do indicate what some of the qualities or some of the things that that happen that let them know it's time to commit. And what I got from the answers is that a man knows when it's time to commit based on how he feels about that woman. And that's not something that's easy to articulate. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that's easy to articulate. And if you're looking, if you're forward looking and you're talking about like, how would I know when it's time to, to commit to a woman? It's difficult to think about that in the future. It's usually when you're with that woman and she brings to you that feeling, as um, Dr. Reverend said, and I really love what he said. <laughs> Dr. Reverend said, it's when you feel happy and when that woman is special to you, when you feel like she's a part of your family. It's a relationship that you don't want to let go of and you just never want it to end. <laughs> I hear why you laugh. <laughs> because because you know me. Yes, <laughs> monkey wrench. <laughs> I did, I did, I did, I did take I, Matt from the door. Matt Matt had me a little jacked up. <laughs> look, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what the brother said, right? Tell me what he said. And you can remember he said, it's scary. To make the jump because a lot of people don't want to make that mistake twice in a lifetime. <laughs> Interesting point where he's at. You know, I get it. It's scary to make that mis mistake and jump overboard. Basically, love is like, what happens if you're on top of this cruise ship on the top deck? Love is jumping into that ocean. You know how hard that ship is to climb to the top? Back to the boat? You know what I'm saying. What if there's a shark in that water and you don't see it until you actually jump off the boat? I, I love Matt answer right there because Matt is like fully, fully, fully understanding. Like, yo, it, it sounds good, but when you've been hurt or you've been in a situation before where you put yourself in a committed relationship, like some people will stay in what we call that safe zone. And it'll be like, I can't get in no committed relationship because, yo, I don't want to go through the rebuilding process of getting hurt. Take and, that, and that's what he's talking about with that top deck of that cruise ship. Uh, I don't know a lot of people that if you ain't ever been on a cruise ship, they're huge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think TV, look, I don't think TV, unless you've been on it, I don't think it explains how big a cruise ship really is. Um, it's, that's a jump. And, it, and it's, a, it's a jump from the top deck and it's like, you know, you're scared. So now you, you sit this barrier or this zone around you. Um, and a Quentin, lot of us do it. It's, it's it's an amazing thing that Matt brought that up. And, Quentin, um, I recall I recall the interview with him, and that interview was in person. And as he was explaining it to me, he was explaining it to me so sincerely that I could feel it. I could feel climbing to the top of of a cruise ship. I could feel deciding to take that jump, that jump or take that plunge as um, our elders might refer to it. And then getting in the water and not knowing where you are. Or, or a shark might be in there. 
Oh, a shock you, might be well, you could be, be the greatest swimmer in the world. You just be like, oh, I'm doing And it. then when you decide, let's say that water is not your water. Mm. Or let's say you want to get away from that shark. If you decide to get back on that cruise ship, the first level of a cruise ship is at least eight stories to 10 stories high. Mm -hmm. That's a climb. And that's yeah. how we feel sometimes when you're in relationship and it doesn't work out and you're hurt. You have to climb back. You have to work your way back to your level. And so it takes it takes a lot. And then once you're there, someone else comes along while you're sitting in your in your chair, drink sipping on your pina colada. <laughs> and they want you to take the jump again. It's like, nah, son, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm and, and then you'll be like, you know, uh, you know, and this is what happens is that you'll you'll be good. You will give or a person will give all of the benefits of being in a relationship without being in a quote unquote committed relationship. Without being in um, a committed relationship. Um, it's like it's like Eric just said. So that fear, it paralyzes you. Yeah, uh, it, it paralyzes it paralyzes to the point like, you know what? Uh, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm. They get all the perks. I'm giving them all the perks. But you go your way. I go my way. And this is this is the the parameters that I set um, because of that fear. And and it's it's amazing because then you'll do this for a year, two years, three years, ten years, fifteen years, with no commitment. With no commitment, I have a, I have a cousin, and he always talks about regardless of what we may think, that's still a relationship. It's just a relationship without uh, commitment, and it's like it, it's an amazing thing because you've established that understanding with that person, or you're allowing yourself to receive and get the perks of. A committed relationship, and it's just like you know, I'm gonna just stay in this. But no, actually, I'm in a committed relationship. Y'all just talking for 10, for 10 15 years. That's all y'all yeah. doing. As we as we said last week, they just kicking it. Just kicking it. Yeah. With a little umbrella in the glass. One of the things the 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 there are plenty of people that are in situations like that, and I I respect it. I'm not going to disrespect anybody's situation. I think that one of the things you missed, like we were talking about is uh, uh, last week, is the experiences that you can bring to your life. One of the things that Eric said in terms of knowing when it's time to commit to a woman was knowing what you want to do as a couple. Knowing what you want to do as a couple. Making decisions about what your future looks like. Being on one accord, um, being together as one, working on goal, de determining goals and being successful in those goals together. Um, being able to, to complement one another. You can't get all of that in the absence of a commitment. I, I just, I can't see how it's possible. There's no commitment in itself entails responsibility and accountability. So if I don't have any responsibility or accountability to you, then I'm just enjoying your time. Mm. 
And that was one of the things that the gentleman said is that um, one of the guys said, basically, it's about time. He said, time that's real, that's relative to the amount of communicating communication, that being presentations. And I thought it was interesting how he worded it um, because we, we you tend to hear people when they talk about a past or ex is, oh, he, he wasted my time or she wasted my time. And I think that um, some of the things that those relationships were based on weren't about the commitment. It was just like we always say, it was surface uh, stuff. It was, okay, we're attracted to each other physically, um, we may have a chemistry that way, so it's all good. We'll work on everything else. Uh, not knowing that he may be a terrible manager of money, and that could pull her down because she could be a manager of money. And you see that so so forth, so forth, so on, is that it may be a physical attraction, but everything else is totally opposite. Totally opposite. And and like you're, you're talking about her mess, and one of the things that he was saying is that you you want to know what you're committing to and who you are committing to. And that does take some time. Um, it takes conversation and it takes time. Like he, he, um, he gave some extreme examples. He's like, you know, if you don't know that someone has an abusive history and then they start like bonking you over your head, it's because that's what they do. But have you taken the time to know that? Right. So he was talking about like really taking the time and getting to know who that person is. And, and he was saying very specifically that you get to know that by observing what a person says and if, they, if they're if they consistent in doing what they said they will do, if they, if they are who they say they are. It's, it's one of the things that um, in, the, in, the, in the show that I have with Sharon every other week with the, the teachers, and it speaks about this because you are educated as well, is... They're trying to get our younger kids nowadays um, with math problems to be able to use critical thinking, which to us is crazy because critical thinking is not something that should be taught in math. Math is a, a absolute, so it's never going to change. Critical thinking needs to start uh, at, the, at home, uh, problem solving, and having those skills. So then, like he said, in the observation, um, the courtship, um, him or she should see how they deal with situations that go on in their life. You know, some people, when they're dating, they won't tell the person they're dating with about um, their child, their child's mother. They'll, they'll keep it real, real. you know, oh, I'm going to just focus this on me and that person, when they should really tell a person or be honest and transparent about everything that they're about and what's going on so they can see how they handle situations. Um, because like you said, if, if he has a past of being abusive, what, she, why she didn't see none of the telltale signs? Because everything was more of, they liked each other physically, they had chemistry and that's all their relationship was. Then they decided, oh, let's move in together. Now you're saying how he feels when he don't got a hot hot plate when he <laughs> a hot plate when he come home. Not even if you know they didn't know what they want, then they just can't. exactly. Um, one of the things that our gentleman 
said about knowing when it's time to commit has to do with being there for each other, respecting each other, respecting the relationship, having a, um, a great friendship, bonding. So there are so many things that that go into or feed into making the decision to be in a committed relationship with someone on both sides, the man's side and the woman's side. And it's not the physical attraction or the economic standing or whatever it is. Those are surface le le level considerations. There are all these other things. Can I be with you now? Can I feel safe with you now? Can I enjoy my time with you now? And can we grow in the future together? These are my plans. Can we more transparent about the back? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's I think that's 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 paramount. I mean, um one of the gentlemen said about uh vulnerability. It's interesting that I I know a lot of a lot of males. Um, and it's, it's crazy what I'm about to say, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. They will, when you know, they will tell you that. Look, I could be vulnerable with a woman I'm not dealing with, but I can't be vulnerable with a woman that I'm in a relationship with. And I think that comes from being insecure because they think that they're they're vulnerable with a woman that they're in a relationship with. She'll use that as um, a tool against him. And that speaks of a trauma that he went through. Absolutely. And but again, it goes back to what most of our gentlemen said. It's a vibe and it's a feeling. If if you're if you're with a man that feels like he's safe to be with you and he's safe to um, share with you what's going on with you, then that might not be the case. If you're not presenting that some people are also great impersonators they show you who you think you want absolutely and we talked about that in a prior episode um it was lee in the book who talks about how when you're first meeting a person how it's important not to tell them everything you want and everything you don't because almost instinctively they will play that out and that's not really who they are so just give yourself time to observe who they are as opposed to telling them who they should be yeah, very very interesting thing. One of one of also Jules, I um my boy Lee. I'm glad you brought him up. See, it was that energy. When you asked him the question, <laughs> he said, "Well, I haven't known in the past eight years. I can I can go back ten years and let you know. Every woman I've ever been with, it was just the energy, the vibe." The being with her, the laughing, the joking around, you say to yourself, you know what? This might work. If you have a lot of interest together, if you like hanging out with this person, going to the movies, talking, just bonding with someone, I think it's beautiful. I think all of my relationships started first from communication. If I communicate with someone and hang out with them, and no pretense, just, just hang out naturally. I mean, just having fun with that person. I think that I think that's what life is all about, you know. I think people miss that, the fun part of it. People are so tight; they're so tight and strict. Oh, I can't do that because I have to go to church Sunday. Uh, okay. So, so yeah, so Lee Lee was on point, you know. Yes, he was. 
And um, you know, for those for those that's just joining us, well, I'm gonna reset this show. Um, just to give everybody that may be just joining us uh, a glimpse of, I'm gonna show everybody Julia's uh, introduction to the show, just so she speaks about what we do each week on the show and what we what we're talking about and um, so forth and so on. Where's it at, Julia? I can't find it. I can't find it. Hold up. There we go. So after the after this little video presentation, we'll be right back. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host Quentin Ford and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules: One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And Helena said, uh, it all depends if you meet the representative. And then three months later, the shit gets real. <laughs> Absolutely. And all of our gentlemen talk about, talk about that. That's why it's a crown. I mean, but I'm I'm gonna ask you. And I know I know. I hope I'm not going off a subject, Julia. I mean, don't everybody uh, introduce you to their representative? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, ain't nobody gonna be super transparent in the beginning, right? Listen, I'm not trying to shout anybody out, but um, working in business, I've had employees who had a 90 day probationary period. And in that 90-day probationary period, I have seen people do the best that they possibly can. And on that 91st day, mm -hmm. they, let, they let it all hang out. Literally. Production falling down. You have, but you know, you have to be, you have to be observant. And I think that's, you know, what Hermes shares with us is that you have to pay attention. You have to see, does a person live up to their word? Are they, are they consistent? Do they do what they say they're going to do? Are you able to confirm that they say who they are? Because a lot of people will tell you that they are a particular person, but you need to be able to confirm that. I mean, I, I, and I mean this with all due respect to all. <laughs> 
everybody in the chat, and, and I know that Nicole um, brought the issue back up about the representative, and I know I know that um, you know uh, Helena and Eric has both responded. <laughs> and I mean this with all due respect in the chat. Sometimes we be so crazy in our mess that we can see all the red flags and still go. Still go. We be like, I don't care. That's how he treat. That's how he treat me. I don't care. That's how she treat me. You be like, still go. You be like, yo, shout out. Like she, he a little crazy. He got a little temper problem. She got a temper problem. Or, um, you know, I remember one time, right? I used to, I used to deliver furniture for a living. And uh, we used to, we used to deliver a lot of furniture to people's homes and go there at certain times of the day and night. You go there and somebody be like, excuse the mess. And the house, the house, be, the house be looking crazy. I'm like, excuse the mess. You knew he was. I said to myself, excuse the mess. We knew you knew he was coming. I mean, the delivery, the delivery was like scheduled a week ahead of time. So, and I, and I, and I take, and I take nothing from a person that may have shortcomings in no area, but a lot of times we be so caught up in what we want, what we want physically, and how that person appeals to us. That now we start looking at those red flags, and now we're trying to mold a grown person into what we want them to be. I have been guilty of it myself, so I cannot criticize anyone. And sometimes it comes from, I think, feeling like we need to or have to be in a relationship. There's a lot of social pressure about being coupled up. Sometimes it's also about there are things within us that we need to address and work on. <laughs> exactly. Um, there are things within us that we need to <laughs> that we need to address and work on, but we may not know what those things are or we haven't developed the courage to work on them. And so we satisfy them by keeping ourselves busy. And, and Jules, this this one of the, one of the things that I um that I that I learned and about myself was dealing in this area is a lot of people have a fear of being alone, and this is why we're always trying to put the round peg to the square, yeah. mm -hmm. and we're trying to force it, trying to force it, trying to force it. And my experience of uh. Uh, how can I say, being on them paid vacations by the state. Yes. It allowed you to learn to live and be alone. Um, you know, a lot of people may not may not get it, and, 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 and you you learn how to to have some type of solitude. Yes. So, so one of the things that I did is sometimes we go through experiences in life, and then we leave the experience where they're at. Or even in an ex situation, we'll be like, oh, you know, that was a bad situation. I'm gonna leave it where it's at. Um, I don't want to take that baggage with you, but that baggage is still your reference. That baggage is still your uh, your dictionary. When things go bad, you're like, yo, I, and even though that individual may have brought this, 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 this to the situation, what did I do? Where's let me bring my self accountability and self reflection to it. Okay. This is how I felt in that situation. So if I'm ever put in that situation again, um, why am I, why, 
Don't be caught up with the fear of being alone. And that that goes to a lot of people why they stay in um, what we would consider, and I don't like to use the word toxic. Situationships. Situationships that are very unhealthy. And we'll stay there and stay there and stay there and stay there and stay there because you're scared to be alone. Scared to be alone, scared to communicate how you really feel, scared to communicate what you need, scared to walk away. Some people don't know how to walk away. You got to know how to walk away. Eric said, how can you be complete being only half of the equation? You want to answer that, Jules, or you want me to answer that? Sure. Some people are not aware that they are not whole. And sometimes it's only experiences that they have that let them know that something is missing. And usually if they're if they're able, as Quentin said, to do that self-reflection and to do that account to, to take that accountability and responsibility for healing when uh, whatever needs to be healed or adding whatever needs to be added to themselves, then they'll, they'll then they'll be able to develop that wholeness. But as Quentin also said, it's important to, to be able to take some time alone to yourself. You do not always have to be busy with trying uh, to be fucked up. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that um, Eric said, like he asked the question, how can you complete, how can you be complete being only half of the equation? Um, one of the things that I've learned is that if through experience, and talking to other people that have been married before, is that you are not half. You are whole. Oh, there is no... Yeah, you are whole before you even get into the the relationship. Um, Most uh, people that advise younger couples, they'll say, you don't bring 50-50, you bring 100-100. So knowing that you're whole in the beginning will allow you to be whole during and after. Um, and it's not a pride thing. It's not to put the other person down. It's actually to get them to understand, like, look, we in this thing together. We both bring a 100% to the table um, and not bring half to the table. So the, 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 the biggest thing for me is understanding, you know, every day you got to bring the best version okay. of yourself. You gotta bring the best version of yourself, regardless of what you go through. If you bring the best, the best version of yourself, and I'm not trying to give nobody relationship advice because I cannot give advice. Definitely, when it comes to relationships, um, if you can't bring the best version of yourself every day or try to, um, it, it, it's it, it's it's a waste of your time. To all of your relationships, not just your intimate relationship, but to all of your relationships. Um, I just want to read something that Coleman stated to this question. He responded to this question on page 137. He said, you and I both know people that have entered into relationships and they've ended up unsuccessful shortly thereafter for whatever reason. Mm. The most basic, honest and true reason is that they don't know themselves. It goes back to how can I look for you when I'm still looking for myself? Until you find yourself, you can't commit to another person or commit to a, a relationship. Could you read that again, please? Yes, I can. 
these gentlemen in this book, I'm so I'm so grateful for them and their honesty. He said, you and I both know people that have entered relationships and they've ended up unsuccessful shortly thereafter for whatever reason. The most basic, honest, and true reason is that they didn't know themselves. It goes back to how can I look for you when I'm still looking for myself? Until you find yourself, you cannot commit to another person or commit to a relationship. <laughs> Sound boy. <laughs> I need you to read it. Julia, I need you to read it again. Third time is always a charm. What did Coleman um, say? And but before I read it again, I want to say that Coleman is a marriage counselor. So he sees, hears, and helps people with a lot. And this is what he's found. In response to this question, he said. You and I both know people that have entered relationships and they've ended up unsuccessful shortly thereafter for whatever reason. The most basic, honest, and true reason is that they didn't know themselves. It goes back to how can I look for you when I am still looking for myself? Until you find yourself, you cannot commit to another person or commit to our relationship. How many how many people how many people can honestly say let's just say 35 how many people at the age 35 really know who they are without without prior to inflicting all that that garbage they brought along the way and they've been quote unquote unhealthy been in and out of relationships from let's say 16 Let's say 16 when a person a person or 15 when they truly understand or quote their quote first, unquote, first, love, first love. Now 19 years they've been on this destructive path. Even may have gotten married, may have started a family, may have started multiple families. And they might not never know each other. And then they might get to the point where they're old and never knew who they were, never knew what type of person they were, because they were so concerned with. Um, like you said, the, the social pressures of I got to get married before I'm 25. I got to get once I once I get my degrees and start my career, I got to start a family. Uh, the societal norms of all that pressure and then they don't know that self. So I really like Coleman's Coleman's uh, statement to the, the answer to that question. And he, he spoke well about you got to know yourself. You got to know who you are as a person. What really, really makes you tick? What drives you? What, yeah, because some people get on your nerves. <laughs> you be in a relationship with you with somebody, they get on your nerves. You're like, oh, this, this person get on my nerves. I mean, um, and then and it don't even be about love. They'd be like, uh, you know, I love you. We together, but I don't like you. I don't like you, yeah. you know, and and I think when we're able to accept who we are, our, our positive attributes as well as any flaws that we that we think we may have. If you don't know yourself, how can you know what you want? That's my cousin Angie Stone. Hi, Angie Stone. Welcome. Angie Stone, the singer. <laughs> no, Bronx girl, honey, Bronx girl, <laughs> my cousin. 
Depends. I just got to handle that. Yes. Yes. Um, and it does depend. It depends on when you're ready to unpack. It depends on when you're ready to unpack everything that you've experienced. Yeah, Absolutely. Eric is Eric is right. He at his age, he said he feel he got a handle of at, at fifty, and at 50. Believe, believe it or not, just to have that self awareness of knowing who you are is big, priceless. Because then, then you won't, and and and, and I can speak from experience as well. You start caring about yourself because there's a lot of us that don't that care about other things. Besides, we care about. More ourselves, exactly. And that's the important thing, Quentin. Like, right, once you get to exactly once you get to once you get to know who you are, once you fall in love with yourself, once you get to appreciate, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses and, and even your opportunities, and once you are clear on what your what your goals are. It makes it difficult to be in relationship with people who are not meeting who you believe yourself to be. And so I think that when we don't know who we are, we we end up putting putting up with those situationships and, and doing everything, <laughs> doing everything that people do in relationships without the commitment when you don't know yourself. But when you know yourself and what you want and who you are and where you plan to go. You really don't have time for that. <laughs> so uh, those in the chat, remember to like, share, subscribe. As Julia said, um, remember, share share this information. Tell people about it. Tell people about what uh, Julia and myself try to do every Thursday at 9 o'clock and um, how we're going over her book and how um, I, won't, I won't say Julia is not qualified to uh, – Talk about relationships. I don't think I'm qualified, so it allows me to share uh, with the author of this fabulous book her her research and her insight on relationships. And one thing that, at the least, uh, this does it allow uh, two adults as well as the adults in the chat to have an open and honest discussion based upon these 13 questions that she asked these 10 different gentlemen. So um, even if you may be in a relationship or not, it allows just to conversate and to get different perspectives on it. Uh, Julia has a surprise for us next week. Next week's show, we're not going to go into question eight because we have a surprise for next week. Um, we ask that everybody tune in next week. Um, Julia is going to have two of the gentlemen that were interviewed for the book on the show. On the show. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to stick to the questions to ask them one through seven. And most likely um, we'll probably ask them more questions. Um, we want you guys to that have the book to, uh, to be able to ask these two gentlemen the questions, as well as even if you don't have the book, to be able to um, ask them into it. Because I think that Julia being able to interview 10 guys um, 13 different questions was very unique. You usually see like little magazine, little op-eds do stuff like this, but she wrote a book about it. And for these guys to be so transparent in the book, um, like I say every week, and then to actually be able to come on the show 
we need to allow these guys to feel comfortable with their honesty, to be comfortable in their manhood. Um, a lot of the women may not understand that. To get a man to talk about feelings, love, emotion, commitment, relationship, um, Julia had to really, really make these guys feel comfortable um, and then to put their stuff on paper. So with that, you know, remember to like, share, and subscribe. What's so funny, Jules? I'm just, I just love, I just love all of this. <laughs> I just love all of it. I'm excited. I'm excited for next week. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for, um, for, for our show. Every time we get an opportunity, um, Quentin, I'm excited that we have two of the gentlemen that agreed to come on next week. Um, and I'm just excited. I'm I'm just hopeful that if there's anybody that we can we can get to think differently about about what they're doing and and to like really achieve their dreams, I I'll be happy with that. I'm just I'm happy. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna close out. We're gonna you know what? Remember you guys to like, share, subscribe. And uh, remember Julia's favorite thing. You got that sun shining in the noonday, waves crashing upon the shore type love. You got that food cooking all day since morning, being on the plate at 6 p.m. in the evening type love. You got that fresh kicks laced just right, hoodie just so, smooth face, new car smell type love. You got that old soul, futuristic rhythm and blues, funkadelic, jazzy, boom, pat, boom, pat, boom, pat type love. You got that taste like chocolate, liquid gold like honey. You be making me full but still keeping me hungry with all that good type love. You got that spiritual cleansing type love. You be like white candles and sage, lavender and incense smelling like the temples of India type love. You got that soothing type love. You be like massages all over my body. You just be rubbing my scalp and oiling my strands and pulling my hair type love. You got that turn down the lights and arch it just so. I mean, take it, just take it type love. Love. And we be like co-star, director, and producer in this bitch type love. You got that making me want to explore and discover how to be your best friend, your only lover, and our child's mother type love. You got that creators of our universe shooting comets across the sun, kissing upon the moon type love. You be like speaking my mind and touching every beat of my heart type love. It be like you are me and I and you cannot tear us apart type love we be like past present and future and infinite type love